Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. And by the way, you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. We are doing a series called Back to Basics. The first installment of it was about buying new and buying used cars and also how to pay for them. And you can find that podcast information if you missed it on radio or you didn't hear the podcast of it. You can hear it if you go to the car buying section on Clark.com. Today's topic is buying a home, which is, if you think about it, we did cars, now we're doing homes, and this is a continuing series of back-to-basics topics, because cars and homes are the two biggest holes in anybody's budget, right? So knowing how to do it, knowing how it's played, how the system works, is what's so important. So in today's installment, I'm going to talk first about how to finance the house. And then later, I'm going to talk about the home buying process. So let's get right to it with what are the things you need to know about financing a home. And I'd like for you, months before you plan to buy, roughly somewhere around four months out, I want you to do something normally I would not recommend, and that is I want you to get copies of all three of your credit reports, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, all at once. And if you go to annualcreditreport.com, you can do that. And then go through those reports thoroughly, because what you're looking for is a problem maybe you forgot about, and you need to deal with like an unpaid collection or whatever, or an error on your report. Errors technically are supposed to take roughly 30 days to correct, but my experience is the credit bureaus are so contemptuous of you that it's not unusual for clearing up an error on a report to take as long as three or four months. So that's why you get the reports four months out. And you go through everything, you've got collections there, deal with them. Because those things can bring the financing of a home to a halt. And if you see that you have a fair amount of debts as you look through your report, Know that those ratios, the amount of debt you're carrying, that will affect your ability to go through underwriting and qualify for a mortgage. So you want to attack how much debt you're carrying. And you may find that, oops, well, I'd like to buy a home in four months. Maybe it's going to take me six or seven, or maybe I'm ready. But you really want to go through and study how you're doing with the money you already have. Now, you complete all that, and you're ready to figure out what you're good for, what, what kind of money you should be looking at. 
you will be approved for a higher purchase price home than you may realize. And you may think, okay, that's the price point you should be looking at. But then I want you to think through what that translates to in a monthly payment. And then to that monthly payment, you have to add taxes and insurance. And then there are things you have to pay for that when you're a renter, you don't have to pay for. Repairs, namely. Things like that. So I want you to look at what kind of payment you'd be facing and be realistic with yourself. Is that a payment level you can handle or will it make you miserable? What's referred to as house poor. As far as where you should get qualified or pre-qualified, top choice, credit unions. Credit unions used to be insignificant in the mortgage market and now are a major force in the mortgage market. It's also a great idea for you to get quotes from a mortgage broker or mortgage banker. The terms are used interchangeably but actually mean different things, although people who are not mortgage bankers will use that term sometimes. A mortgage banker is somebody who has their own source of funds. A mortgage broker is a salesperson who goes out and shops for a loan for you. You want to have more than one source working for you when it comes time to looking for a loan. Particularly first-time home buyers, though, tend to only go to a single mortgage lender. Big mistake. Because you go to a single mortgage lender, you haven't put yourself into a competitive environment. Mortgage lending is very competitive. And so when one lender who you might really like offers you a loan, but somebody else offers you a better loan, you go to the person you like and say, hey, I've got this offer somewhere else, and I'd really like to go with you, but I think I've got to go with them. And then they have to make a business decision if they have the latitude to do so to make you a better offer. What is an offer, by the way? It's not just the interest rate. Not just the rate, because there are two other factors that matter. Are you going to have to pay points? Each point is 1% of the amount of money you're borrowing. A lot of people will quote you a low rate, and unless you ask, they don't disclose to you the points you're having to pay to get that low rate. And then the third thing is all the things that come under the category of closing costs which now when a lender gives you a statement of closing costs, they cannot exceed that under the law. So you have real numbers so you can compare lender to lender. Remember again, most first-time home buyers only go to one lender. But in order to protect yourself, you need to go to multiple sources. One place not to waste your time with, the giant banks. The giant banks charge much more for loans than the other sources I named. You might find also, although there aren't that many left, small local banks as a viable alternative or possibly a regional bank. But the biggest banks, what I call the giant monster mega banks, waste of your time and money for a mortgage. Now, as you go through the mortgage lending process, 
you will have to do a lot of paperwork and a lot of verifications for the lender you decide to target in and use. The information they ask for will feel like torture at certain points. Get them the information right away. Whatever you're asked for, document you got it and you gave it to them, but get it right away. You do not want to have a finger pointed at you and say that you're not closing on time for your home because you didn't provide paperwork on a timely basis. And by the way, remember later, I'm going to talk about the actual home shopping process I recommend. And now your questions about housing. Sharon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sharon. Hi there. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Sharon. You got a question for me that is one that is like an old, old story I'm starting to hear again. Your home has gone which way in value? It's increased significantly. In fact, we um, we refinanced last year, and it had increased about $40,000, $50,000 within two years. And now, this year, it's probably increased another 25000 which is awesome. But we still have PMI. And I don't know if it's worth going through a whole nother reef. I, I just don't know the process of like how to drop the darn PMI. Like I feel like the so value is finally there. Your lender does not have to let you out of PMI until you can show that you have a significant amount of equity by using an appraiser of their choosing. Okay, so we so it doesn't have to be a complete refinance. It could just be no. You can just pay appraisal. for an appraisal, and okay. if you do, it's called appraise out. They'll say, okay, we're going to drop your PMI. Now, depending oh. on the lender in your contract for your loan, there may be a provision that you're frozen from removing PMI for two years from when you did the refi. Okay. So before you would pay for an appraiser, you want to first, with your lender, make sure that you're eligible to have PMI removed if you appraise out. Right. You don't want to pay for appraisal if you don't Exactly. How much, what percent equity did you have when you did the refi last year? Um, well, we bought the house for like three oh. Well, it's probably still oh, like a little under three hundred, and it's now probably valued at about three seventy five. So, and we were at three fifty last year, so we were pretty close last year, also. So you, uh, let's see, if, so you're right on the edge of having twenty percent equity. I think it's still too close for you to go through the expense okay. of, of doing the PMI thing. So maybe wait a little Yeah, give it a little longer, get a little more breathing room on the equity. Okay. Because when the homes are selling for what feels comfortably around 400, then you should not have a difficult time appraising out. Okay, sounds great. But what a good problem to have. Absolutely. We are not complaining. I got it. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Christy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Christy. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Understand you got to pay some for some repairs at your home. Yes, I've got a, a few that aren't too bad, um, but my house is 15 years old, and I assume other stuff is going to start going, like maybe the roof or something. 
So um, I'm refinancing my loan because that's at, it's at 6% interest. Six? Yeah. It was wow. Years ago. So um, it was at 6% interest, and I got, I'm getting it now to 42 for the refi. So my question is two questions. I'm Are you get going some... back into a new 30-year loan? Yes. Would you consider at all, because of how long you've been in the house, doing a 20 or a 15? Well, my thoughts were to make an extra payment every year or two. You no, know, people, people don't seem to get around to that. Oh. Has money been tight for you? Because if it hasn't, the beauty of the 15-year loan is you'll get a lower interest rate. And you'll be out of debt completely owning the home free and clear in 15 years. Yes, I am a uh, single mom with two kids, so I try to keep my bills kind of low. All right, then go but back and go back into the 30. Credit. Yes. <laughs> go into the 30, and um, it means you're going to be in debt longer, but it would make sense for you to do that. Right. So my my question is, I, I only do I needs. I don't really try to do I wants um, Got it. with my money. So when I'm looking at taking this money and saying, okay, what am I, what is the best value added for things to do to the house? Would it be like, you know, the roof is 15 years old, so should I go ahead and do that? Or maybe, you know, wait for a hailstorm? Like, I was wondering what would be the best value oh, added besides what I need to do. Yeah, so you, you know, wait fix. for the roof till the roof is leaking. Okay. There's no advantage replacing a roof before it's truly reached the end of its useful life, which is only an estimation. Mm -hmm. And when the roof hits that point that it's really dead, that's when you replace it. Uh Uh-huh. So if I were to just take that, get the cash out and sit on it, I should just put it in the savings account and wait for something to break? Yes, use it as as a rainy day account. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. That is okay. the right thing to do. And so you only do repairs as necessary. You don't let a house fall apart, obviously. But when something needs repairing, you'll have the money to draw on, and you're going to be at a much lower interest rate to boot. Good for you. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Danny is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Danny. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. You're looking for money. That's right. <laughs> I'm a first-time caller, Clark. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I'm in the process of buying a house. Uh, I have a good FICO score, 25% DDI percent. I'm in a pre-approval stage. Uh, what do you suggest? Which financial institution should I contact to get the best mortgage interest rate? There is no one. The key is to shop with many. And when you're buying a home, I advise you to avoid the online lenders, which would be fine to go to if it was just a refinance. But when you're buying a home, I like for you to go to a mortgage broker, a mortgage banker, a credit union. And if you have 
anybody at a bank you've ever been really happy with as a loan officer that you get a quote from him or her. And you can put the lenders into competition with each other, especially once you get to the stage where it's time to choose your loan and lock in. Let's say there's somebody you really like, you like, uh, you feel like they're really on the up and up, you like working with them, but they offer you a more expensive loan in terms of interest rate and cost to close the loan. You can go back to that individual if you shop the market and say, you know, I'd love to go with you, but I found XYZ offer elsewhere. Can you match that offer or beat that offer? Because mortgages work like anything else if you make them competitive. But unfortunately, the overwhelming number of home buyers only go to a single lender and that's it. They don't comparison shop. And it's the most expensive thing we ever do, which is why the key is not to tell you, oh, go to a credit union or go to a mortgage broker or go to a mortgage banker or go to a bank or go to a mortgage company you had a loan from before. It's not a place you go. It's as many of those as you can. Okay. Sounds good. I appreciate it. And often you'll find that your lowest rate offers are going to be from a credit union, which is not how the mortgage market used to work. But I said many times, not always, which is why you need to shop the market. And good luck to you with the home purchase. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you're empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone rip you off. If you're just tuning in, this hour is part of our Back to Basics series where I take certain topics and dig deep that are topics that come up again and again. And there are times that I feel like I'm not giving enough information for you really to get your arms around. Back to Basics is about that. And earlier, I talked about how you methodically go about qualifying for a mortgage for the home you want to buy. I want to talk now about shopping for that home now homes come in two flavors new and used i am a huge fan of used homes that's what i buy i buy either used homes or distressed homes we're not right now in an era with a large market of distressed homes homes that are what are referred to as people problems homes foreclosures relocations estate sales, divorce, factors that motivate someone to have to sell a home or that make a home a wounded duck in the market, even though there's nothing specifically wrong with the home, the people problem is why the home might present a deal. We are not really in a people problem kind of market. So that makes it a market that you really need to think about new or used. A lot of people love buying a new home, being the first person to ever own it. But because of a number of factors in the market, 
the spread and cost per square foot between a new home and a used home is maybe the largest ever since stats like that have been kept. The reason is builders of new homes are facing more difficulty in acquiring land to put new homes on, and local governments in particular are imposing more and more fees and permit costs and impact fees and a variety of expenses from utilities that are making the spread and per square foot cost of new homes much larger and making the new homes much more expensive than used. So used homes, basically, you're getting a home in a neighborhood that's already established. The home, the warts of that home are already showing. We're in a new home. A lot of times they're hidden. And so I have this massive bias towards used. Just because I want you to get the most bang for your buck. And with a used car you have a problem that even though you're getting a better deal, the expected life of a car is not long in the scheme of things. Average car is about 11 years old. A home, on the other hand, built right, could last hundreds of years. Doesn't mean you don't have to repair things, fix them, update them. But the reality is homes present a better deal in the market pretty much across the board buying used homes. But how do you go about the process of buying them? The way you do it is different than it used to be because of online access that is unprecedented to information about homes, neighborhoods, areas, and that information is at your fingertips. It does not replace the enormous value that a real estate agent provides to you as a buyer of a home, but it allows you to be much more efficient with your time, at least virtually look at many more houses than you ever could have done before the era of homes being available on your phone. And I strongly recommend that you download apps to your phone like Redfin or Zillow or whichever one you like or both of them, and you look as you're riding around and you see a neighborhood you like, whatever, as you explore, you're able to look instantly when you pass a home that's for sale. You're both seeing it with your own eyes and learning about it on the app and seeing the square footage, the bedrooms, the bathrooms, the age of it, so much about it, and also the price per square foot. And so the more you windshield survey like that, the more valuable that information becomes in you developing a sense of what kind of house you can really target towards and what neighborhoods appeal to you the most. And that way, by the time you get to a real estate agent who, if he or she has been at it for a good while, there's going to be so many things. They're going to know more in their pinky than you do in your whole body about real estate. 
but you will have called the herd of houses for sale. And that buyer's agent that you hire to work for you is going to be able to help you with so many things, including the hardest thing for a lot of home buyers, keeping emotion out of it. One of my rules with buying a home is that you have plenty of time to fall in love with a home once you own it. But before you own a home, you've got to have ice water in your veins. A very hard thing for home buyers to do because home buyers will obsess about a home that they're trying to buy and then you will make mistakes. You may well overpay and you may ignore valuable signals about why that is not the right house for you. Either because the neighborhood that it's in, the schools that serve it, any of a number of factors. And I used to have a rule I called the 100 house rule, that I wanted you to look at 100 houses before you made an offer on a home. Today, online, you can look at well more than that in a couple of days. And so now it's all about being thorough and not focusing on one house, but coming up with the zone that you're interested in. By zone, I mean streets, neighborhoods, areas that you would be comfortable living in, and then having target houses. Last time I bought a house, after all the searching online, we came up with 18 target homes. And we ended up ultimately buying one of those 18. So as you do it, the more methodically you can go about looking for a home, the better you're going to do. I mean, there's so much more to talk about how you go about buying a home, the importance of how you do a home inspection, and you don't buy a home without having a home inspection. But I'm a big believer in having what's called a deal killer inspector. That's the one all the agents hate because he or she messes up deals. Because they're not going to gloss over things so they can get more agent referrals, so they can get deals done easier. You want somebody who tells you what you need to know, not what you want to hear. Because if you are falling in at least like with a home, maybe love, you don't want that person telling you what's wrong with it, but you need to hear it. You need to hear it. And it certainly doesn't hurt to hire an inspector who has an engineering background and to scan potential inspectors through a site like ASHI, the American Society of Home Inspectors. All right, keeping on this topic, now it's time for more of your questions about real estate. Justin joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Justin. Yes, sir. Um, my family and I are looking to move soon. And when we were looking at homes, uh, we noticed that some of the communities would offer to throw in uh, several thousand dollars towards closing costs if you went with uh, their preferred lender. Right. Uh, we're definitely shopping lenders, but I wanted to see if there are any kind of gotchas or red flags to watch out for in that situation. Yeah, you just said up front the most important thing for you to do. So... What will happen is there will be self-dealing going on many times, that there will be some kind of captive lender arrangement where they'll say, hey, you use our lender, 
we're going to give you $3,000 towards closing costs or 5000 or whatever it is. Right. But if with that lender you have to pay, uh, let's say, a quarter to half a point higher interest rate or the closing costs are higher than what you found shopping in the marketplace, what appears to be a deal isn't. So what you said about shopping with other lenders is the most important test for you to do in order to see if the promise of uh, cash towards your closing is actually a deal or just window dressing. Okay. Have you found that the interest rates, what have you found, I should say, shopping on your own and then with the captive lender? I think we found the interest rates are a little bit lower shopping around, even though closing costs might be higher. Are there any other specific things we should look out for besides those two things? All right. So what you want to see is the way I would compare it. So you're getting money at the table from the builder, going with a lower interest rate with a third-party lender. If you can make up the money that you're leaving behind from the builder in 30 months or less, go with your own loan if it would take a significantly longer period of time than 30 months to make up the free money they're bringing to the table, go with mm-hmm. their free money. Okay. That that's kind of the trigger point I like for you to look at. How okay. far are you along with the house you're targeting? Is it constructed? Is it under construction right now? Uh, no, it's the, the lots have been cleared, but that's it. All right. So I'm going to say something. In fact, I'm going to let Krista say it to you. No, you don't want to say it? Okay. So when Krista and her husband were in your situation years Mm -hmm. ago, and she was showing me samples of all these things and stuff, I said, Krista, there's one thing that needs to be the top of your list when you're looking at a home, and she, oh, you are willing to speak. All right, fine. It was the, well, you told me it was several things, like the HVAC was a huge one that you said you want to get a really good heating and air system and, you know, the plumbing, like just the very, the in, the things you can't see. Yeah, that I, Krista was was obsessed with this particular granite for her countertop. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Krista, what's the energy efficiency of the air conditioning going in the house? And what did you do? You laughed at me. I you didn't laugh at you. Yes, you did laugh at me. But you said to me, I remember you said to me back then, I wanted stainless steel appliances. And um, I was like, I'm going to get them. And you were like, Krista, they're on their way out. You do not want to get those. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And I insisted. But yes, no, you are so right. Like when I we bought our most recent house, which was not a new house. I mean, the things I cared about, I just wanted to know the ages of all the the furnace, the HVAC, the roof, all the things that you really end up caring about once you get bitten by them. So here you are in a new house that's going to be built for you. If you're going to pay any extra money for anything, there are two things I'd want you to look at. One is pay for an upgraded insulation package on the home because to okay. do it when it's under construction is so dirt cheap. And you might need a smaller capacity air conditioning unit and mm-hmm. heating unit by properly insulating sticks up. Right. And then on the heating and air conditioning system, maximum efficiency on it. Okay. So you didn't ask me about any of that, but <laughs> as, a, as somebody buying a new home, I just had to get that in there. 
On an older home, do you recommend getting uh, specialized inspectors to check those out? Specialized inspectors. So if you buy an older home, having an inspector who who has credentials where they, uh, like somebody maybe who has an engineering background, someone who's been through a clear, meaningful training program to be an inspector, I think are necessary steps. And so you're considering either buying new or buying a used one? Yes, sir. All right. You get more for your money buying used in a home, probably even more advantage buying a used home than often with a nearly new car versus a new car. So many more square feet for a dollar. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. When you have a question for me on the Clark Howard Show, go to Clark.com slash ask. And Gene joins us. Gene, you're looking to save some money, but you think somebody's about to rip you off. What's going on? Well, I'm concerned. I First of all, it's good to talk with you. Thank you for what you do. Um, Thank you. We received a solicitation about doing a 30-year FHA streamline refinance um, where you don't have to requalify. I've talked with the company. They've said basically they believe that if you qualified the first time and you have no delinquencies, that the law does not require them to requalify you. That's true. So, and you know, I'm just a little concerned it's just too good to be true. I've tried oh, to no, no, it's not, it's not too good to be true. Because okay. let me tell you the gotchas to look out for. Okay. All right. So what interest rate are you being quoted for the streamline? Um, 3.75. you got to watch. It's almost like a, you ever heard of a game that, you, that used to be done a lot on street corners in New York and Philadelphia where they'd rip you off called three-card money? Think you were going to no. make a lot of money and before you knew it, your money was gone? Right. Well, no, I'm not familiar with that one. All right. Well, the, the version, uh, we'll just call it three-card money for now, now that you know it's some kind of scam. The thing to watch out for with an FHA streamlined refi is that they raise the balance of your loan. Okay. So they're telling you uh, streamlined refi, no cost. Right. 3.75%. It's really only true if your balance on your loan remains the same and how do you you don't know that until you see the closing papers until you see the good faith estimate of settlement cost should show you what's going to happen okay and it should make clear what your balance is and what it will be and and i think there's no problem with you asking the lender so what's the story here what's my balance today well Uh you would know that What's my balance going to be on the loan after closing? Okay. So if suddenly your balance goes up several thousand dollars, you know it's not the sweetheart deal that has been told to you. But you also have the option, if you go to the FHA website, go to HUD.gov and Uh click on FHA, Uh you can look for lenders that are qualified to do FHA streamlined refis. Make sure this lender is actually on the list. And okay. you can actually get quotes from others. Maybe you'll get a lower rate from somebody else. 
But the uh, idea with an FHA loan, as long as you leave things pretty much as they are, that uh-huh. you can do a refi without having to jump through all the normal hoops right. is completely true. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.